Hi folks, this is just a note to apologize for the delay in delivering this episode to you. I had some very difficult technical problems, but moving forward, we should have those taken care of. And I hope you enjoy and we'll be back on our regular schedule. See you later. Probably not. All right. in the morning gotta be fresh gotta go downstairs gotta have my bowl gotta have cereal seeing everything the time is going ticking on and on everybody's rushing gotta get down to the bus stop gotta catch my bus fast lanes switching lanes with a car by my side passing by is a school bus in front of me makes tiktok tiktok wanna scream my time is friday it's a weekend we gonna have fun come on come on y'all Uh, hi y'all welcome to that bleeping podcast a podcast wherein four academics who love television recap analyze and love and hate on all things popular culture right now we're working our way through degrassi the next generation taking two episodes at a time uh today we're tackling episodes 11 and 12 what are the episode titles? Friday Night and Wannabe. Before we start two things, spoiler alert, there'll be full spoilers as we recap each week's episodes. And sailor alert, we're probably going to have Potty Mouse, so do with that what you will. I'm Tiffany Salter. I'm a professor of Asian American and Pacific literature, uh, and I also teach classes on things like cartoons and science fiction and other fun things. I'm Sonic Gabbard. I teach at Ohio State University. I'm actually a political economist, so this is a little outside of my wheelhouse, but I am a crazy, avid, Degrassi head, Degrassi hole, I think is what we're going to call ourselves now. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it. It's like a mass, I just learned mass hole, like Massachusetts. Mass hole. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, anyway. I, yes, I am a doctor, but no, I am not a doctor in the TVs, so I am the lay person on the podcast. I'm Brandon Shaw. I'm a professor of African American literature, pop culture. I teach a lot of composition. I teach literature. I teach stuff related to women's gender and sexuality studies as well. Uh, and I like TV, and I've never seen Degrassi until watching it for this podcast. I'm Jacinta. I'm a PhD candidate, so I'm the one that's not a doctor in any regard. Um, and I mostly teach me well, I study media, TV and film, pop culture, and I teach at Ohio State a whole range of things, including but not limited to composition, digital media, and this summer I'm teaching an online literature class, so you know, just covering all the bases. Woo-woo! Online teaching. Fun times. So can we call episode uh, 11 Crimp Life? L-Y-F-E? <laughs> For real. Well, no, we'll get there. I'm on Emma Hair Watch, and I got a lot to say this week <laughs> in that regard. But first, we need... Uh, is is it going to be about headbands and hair clips? Because that's... Something yeah. Uh, so who wants to do the recaps this week? I think it's my turn and somebody else's turn. Yeah, Tiff, it's you and me on deck this week. Okay. Yes. Dibs on Wannabe. 
Yes. Okay. Season one, episode 11, Friday night. Um, this is the episode in which Ms. Kwan uh, has reached her bullshit limit. Uh, sad, sad face. face. Um, okay, so I took pretty good notes, but I'm, I might need uh, some help on a couple of things. But our A plot is about Emma and Sean. And um, Emma had... So, okay, the episode starts off with uh, basically Sean coming up to Emma at Emma's locker and Manny's there. Nope, nope, Manny's not there. Manny leaves as soon as Sean walks up. And Sean's like, hey, it's Friday. (laughs) Do you have any plans? (laughs) And uh, Emma's like, nope, no plans. He's like, "Uh, you want to hang out? And she's like, "Uh, yeah. And then so and then he just like, it's okay, cool. I'll see you around. And they did not actually, you know, talk about time or place or anything else but they'll see each other later on in the day so then emma sees manny and says uh you know that he asked her out and manny asks about like if he was romantic about it and and then because he only said hang out manny's like well is it how do you know it's a date and then manny pushes on it some more and basically is like it's not very romantic Emma wanting some clarity at the beginning of gym class, basically, uh, like, I, I can't remember what he said, what they, what the conversation is, but basically, like, Emma gets mad because he didn't do, he didn't ask her out in a romantic enough way, and so, um, then they're playing dodgeball, and Emma basically, like, gets really angry and just starts throwing the dodgeball at Sean. Uh, and it's amazing. Uh, and the coach is like, like, hey, you should probably, like, I don't know, not just attack one person. Um, so then later, it, we see this sort of, like, scene with Emma and uh, Manny with um, Toby and JT. And Toby, who... We have not had any kind of inkling at all about his, uh, his what in one episode was a mild obsession with Emma, like have any interest in her at all, but is clearly disappointed that like she is excited about this um, date with Sean. Um, but like between the first incident and this incident, it has been completely invisible. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> But Paige is basically, so then there's this scene with Paige and she's like, your thing for Sean is more obvious than Heather St. Clair's bargain basin nose job. That is the great, <laughs> that's going to be on our shirts, by the way. <laughs> Heather St. Clair's bargain basement nose job. I, we, I, I, I don't think we can put that on. There. We cannot. Um, so, um, <laughs> but this, I mean, Paige, what this effect that this has is that, it reassures Emma that, like, even though Sean may not, like, he's a boy, he doesn't necessarily, like, um, have the words to be particularly romantic. He's, like, very into her. So then we cut to the date um, where Sean is picking her up at her house. Um, and he is wearing this magnif- magnificent turtleneck sweater underneath a <laughs> denim jacket. <laughs> 
we get um, the scene where Spike meets Sean, excuse me, Spike meets Sean and takes their picture uh, as evidence to like document the first date. And they start to leave and Emma's like, well, we could do this or we could do that or we could do this. And Sean basically says like, you know, whatever we do, it's going to be great because I'm with you. And then a bird shits on <laughs> Emma's shoulder. And um, so then like we get a cut scene and we don't see her go back to change, but she has changed. So they have a date at what looks to be a mall food court. Um, there's this scene where Emma has gotten the food and they have this cute little moment about like, well, I'll get Sean's like, well, then I'll get the movie. Um, uh, so nice little um, Dutch date um, for the, the grade sevens. Emma has gotten a veggie burger for Sean and they have this conversation about like, Sean doesn't consider himself vegetarian, but he doesn't eat beef because he had hung out on a family member's farm and seen how the cows were quote unquote harvested. <laughs> um, and, um, and so then there's this uh, shot where there is this extreme close up, <laughs> which we're going to talk about this more, but I have to say it right now. There's an extreme close up on Emma's mouth because it's got ketchup because she's got ketchup on her chin. And so Sean is like trying to like, gesture gesture to her to um wipe her chin but then he actually has to say it then when they go to leave and um they go to pay for um emma's looking for her wallet um when they're at the movie place she thinks it's that she's thrown it away so sean goes back and is digging through the trash and then she realizes that she put it in her little purse so like this date has gone so so many ways, like South, it's it's not gone well at all. Mm-mm. Kind of the last thing, like, is the next day there are uh, there's Emma, Manny, and and the boys looking at two pictures from the the date, uh, and Manny is pointing at the pictures and says, "So this is pre poop and this is post poop." <laughs> and JT makes a comment about liking her first outfit better. Uh, Sean basically asks if he can have one of the photos, and that's how she knows that he had a good time. Uh, and then the look on her face, we will also talk about after. <laughs> the B plot here is Miss Kwan versus the world, pretty much, but. Uh, specifically Spinner and um, Jimmy. At the beginning of the episode, Ms. Kwan in homeroom, there's a tapping noise and she finds out that Spinner is listening to his disc man and tapping to the music on his desk. She, t- you know, tries to take the disc man from him. He tries to grab it back and it falls and breaks. Um, <clears throat> and so he's very angry at her. Um, and then we get a scene where Ashley and Jimmy are in the hall. Um, they're excited for the trip to Stratford for Shakespeare. Jimmy says something about, like, you're my Juliet or whatever, and they kiss in the hallway. Ms. Kwan walks by and says, this is a school, not a petting zoo. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> You two may think you're adorable, but that doesn't mean everyone else does. Uh, and then Jimmy says that um, Ms. Kwan is a total tyrant. We then see Spinner in a hairnet uh, at the cafeteria. Hatches a plot with Jimmy. Let's get Ms. Kwan back. The And then we see the lunch lady say, hey, princess, let's talk more work. And then winks at him, uh, <laughs> which is pretty amazing. <laughs> There's a scene after lunch then that Jimmy 
and Spinner are in Ms. Kwan's room, but Ms. Kwan is in the office. So Spinner gets up at the cl- front of the classroom uh, and basically starts talking to the class as if he were Ms. Kwan, kind of doing this back and forth with Jimmy. And then Ms. Kwan walks in and starts saying the exact same thing because she heard it on the over intercom from the office. Jimmy gets detention as well as Spinner. During detention, she it's revealed that she teaches a night school class in three hours. You don't want to join me, do you? So they decide that they're going to get her back. During her night class, they pull some pranks like they snuck into Mr. Radich's office and are chewing gum in the intercom so that it sounds like someone in her adult Night class is chewing gum in class during a test that she's giving to them. Mm-hmm. Also, they order pizzas and like wings to her <laughs> classroom uh, under her name. And so when it shows up, she's like, I didn't, I didn't order this. But then everybody in the classroom's like, I've got money, I can pay for it. Uh, and so like everyone in class just kind of like, takes the pizza and wings and they're talking you know it's the 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 class is all about it's for english for it's esl english um second language thank you english is second language class um so one of the adult learners is using his tenses and it's like i eat the wings i ate the wings (laughs) then we cut to jimmy and spinner throwing eggs at ms kwan's car and we see this cut where she comes out sees the eggs egg be speckled car uh and starts crying and then the mm-hmm. next morning, Mr. Radich announces that Ms. Kwan is taking a break, because a leave of absence, because her husband is sick. And then Jimmy and Spinner see what giant assholes they are. And that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like Spinner in either of these episodes. Yeah, no, he will not be on my favorites for, for, these, for these episodes. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are usually, for a while I liked him, but he is... He's like king asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I like to think of it as like, when we find out that Spinner is a human being, again, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's flawed like the rest of us. Sorry, Sax. (laughs) At first, like before things got out of control, like it, well, I guess like just in the first few minutes, I was like, oh, this is going to be Brendan's new favorite episode. And then I was like, <laughs> and then I was like, oh no, this is terrible. Okay, we get to see like Ms. Kwan sort of like be irritated and, you know, in a way that like is sustained and entertaining at first. And then then you start to think, oh man, something's fucking going on here. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. There's something about including the the class in it also. Right. The like the, the class, class of ESL students. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was very strange. It's strange and also I actually felt well I felt bad for them also because we don't know them, so I'm not like, whatever. It was very strange. And there's like a moment of comedy in there and I'm not sure who we're laughing at. But the sum total is to make Miss Kwan even more likable. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Because mm-hmm. the students the students all in that class clearly like her and are willing to to like make this horrible situation work. Mm-hmm. With yeah, the food. 
Mm-hmm. The first glimpse I got, I mean, I, I knew that something was up because we were spending so much time with her in the episode during Jimmy and Spinner's detention when she s- makes the comment about the night class. I was like, well, no shit. She's irritated. Like, she's got to be fucking exhausted because like, mm-hmm. you know, teaching middle school and then teaching night school, that's just... That's a bonkers load. That's so much work. Yeah, it's like 14 hours, 14 hour days at least. Yeah, I didn't remember like what the issue was at first. I I remembered it probably like 10 minutes into the episode and then I was like, all right, that's, yeah, they're, they're gonna feel bad later. <laughs> it was one of those very Degrassi endings though, where like, I don't know if they feel bad. I think Jimmy does. Well... Yeah, because Jimmy has a soul. Right. I don't know what Spinner has. I think Spinner's (laughs) confused. I think he's like, wait, what does it mean to be sick? (laughs) Or some other stupid thing like, uh, wait, so she's not going to be here? Spinner's also (laughs) just like, Spinner's just like very like self-centered though in general. And he, because even when she comes out and starts crying at the egg bespeckled car, I as know. Tiffany says, <laughs> Spinner is just like yucking it up. And Jimmy is like, oh no, this right. was bad. We already have a glimmer that like, God bless Ashley. Cause Ashley's like, that sounds cruel to me. Um, cause Jimmy, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Jimmy clearly feels bad about it, but he's still laughing because Spinner is laughing about it. Right. This is the sort of moment where I, I I don't think that's, I mean, Spinner's not the smartest kid. I don't think he's that dumb, but, like, I, this is definitely that moment where he has to reconcile with the fact that, like, maybe teachers are people and they have lives um, mm-hmm. and they're not just there as an obstacle for him. And I don't know that he's fully reckoned with that by the end of the episode, but, like, maybe there's a glimmer of it there. But he is a giant asshole. <laughs> like, I, I don't think that there's any redeeming him in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciated him trying to hide in his folder fort so he could listen to his disc man, though. <laughs> and she confiscates his disc man, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, disc man. I was, I was a big fan of my disc man back in the day. Me, too. Did anyone else notice Spinner's uh, Wakanda-esque necklace that he was wearing that whole episode? <laughs> no. Like, oh, my God. No. I mean, I'll, I'll find a still and post it on our Instagram. It is ridiculous. It looks like it's not like one of those chain necklaces that's trying to be like, you know, a dog collar. No, no, no. It's, it straight up looks like Black Panther's necklace. Like, <laughs> it's pretty great. It's pretty great. I post... I posted a still of Miss Kwan in our group chat because she was given looks. She was given from so many the very looks. beginning. Yeah, it was good. Also, though, I'm confused about Miss Kwan's class again because I don't understand <laughs> how they're still on Romeo and yep. Juliet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I wrote that down. Romeo and Juliet trip months after reading in class. Well, I mean, it's not like they get to dictate like when a you know a Shakespeare company is going to perform Romeo and Juliet. That's but, true. Like, no, I mean it is. I just are they? I just don't understand because they're still talking about it in class. So I don't. Maybe maybe Canadians just take an extra long time to learn Romeo and Juliet. I mean, but have they learned? <laughs> Because Jimmy calls Ashley his Juliet, and I was like, did you read the end? Do you know how the story is? No, they didn't read the end. Of course they didn't. It takes them them a month per act 
Jacinta. Like they haven't gotten there yet. Okay, they're they're reading Is it in old English. Also reading. <laughs> are they also the ones reading Lord of the Flies? No, that's the seventh years. No, because it was Jimmy that had to give a, a yeah, oh, had to give a right. synopsis, and they were reading that chapter a day because they read so slow. Romeo and Ju- Romeo and Juliet was before Lord of the Flies because was it? Romeo and Juliet was the prem- the premise for the Jimmy Ashley Page being mm-hmm. the Juliet Ashley being the nurse. Mm-hmm. Right. Then we had Lord of the Flies because that was when Jimmy used Ritalin. Yeah, when he said he wanted to be the Lord of the Flies, <laughs> the pighead. Yeah, and that was his favorite character. Yeah, that's actually a pretty baller answer. But Miss um, <laughs> Kwan wasn't having it. No, no, she wasn't. I would like to talk about cinematography <laughs> uh, because Schmancy. we 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 get a couple of interesting things in this episode and next that I think matter. <laughs> but in this one, definitely, we need to talk about extreme close-ups and uh, the male gaze. The male gaze which, all over Which Emma's takes face. us to the A-plot, or the other plot. I think this one's an AA plot, really. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, Not no, an Alcoholics I, I, Anonymous plot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do think in Wannabe, there is definitely a B-plot. When we get there, we can. I will share with you how much... I think the B-plot is really like a an F-plot or G-plot. <laughs> yeah. The B-plot is... JT's hungry. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, we'll get and there. And Toby's okay. thirsty. Full circle. Okay. Yes! Well, speaking of, like, close-ups and cinematography and whatnot... And thirst. I really love that this episode opens with Manny saying, it's called Passion Flame. Yeah. Passion what? Passion, Passion flame. flame. <laughs> that That's was her, her nails. Yeah. Her nail color. Just, okay, Manny. Sure. This is where we'll start. And and Emma responds by saying, ooh, very hot. <laughs> and then Manny says, speaking of hot. And then Sean walks in. Ooh. <laughs> and Manny walks out. <laughs> and it also introduces, like, them wearing way more makeup than usual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't and, I I don't really understand the the lip color choice. I okay, yeah. first of all, I don't under, I don't I know so little about makeup. That's not my ministry, it's but good. I don't understand <laughs> the the lipstick choice or lip ch- gloss that happens with Emma. I don't it's very yeah. it I it confuses me. I think that I I read the and Tiffany help me out if you will cuz you too are a lip lippy aficionado i read the lip gloss and the lippies that uh emma's doing as her trying trying her mom's makeup out but they don't have the same the same complexion or skin tone so it just looks a little off and maybe i'm projecting because i was that little girl who was like oh i can wear my mom's rouge and my mom is my mom has olive toned skin and it just looked like i got hit in the face when I was aware, because I've got that gabbard pallor, and so it really did, it was like so dark red on both of my cheeks, and I really did look like I, I was being a clown, but that's how I read that, was like her trying it out, or maybe trying Manny's lip color, and just not understanding that people are different, and need different, different colors. So for me, I literally don't remember this and or did not notice it because like messing around. I don't know. I just I didn't pay attention to it. The end. I mean, I did. And I'm not a lippy person, but I did because 
Well, it's interesting because the second episode ends up being about people who wear makeup. Mm-hmm. But in this episode, at the beginning, there was a noticeable dressing up, not like oh, dress yeah. clothes. But there was a noticeable for Manny and Emma. Emma makes sense because it's her date plot. Manny, because it sets the stage for the next episode where they're like doing their nails, both wearing makeup, wearing slightly femier clothes for their bodies, their age, the era. No longer wearing baggy sweats, now wearing yeah. tailored jumpsuit a la Britney Spears. Oops, I did it again. So there's also, we see Sean's turtleneck sweater in this one, but then in the next episode, yes. there are the more next, turtleneck oh, sweaters. Every <laughs> damn near everybody has a turtleneck in the next episode. So everyone is <laughs> on that train. I don't know if this is just being like extremely Canadian or what is going on. I mean, it was really in style too. Like yeah. in 2002, the turtleneck and the mock turtleneck were, were all the rage, especially like a wide rib turtleneck. That was really big. Yeah, I couldn't ever wear them. I have, I had such big hair. <laughs> uh, I don't. Okay. I mean, okay. Uh <laughs> I went to Catholic school. I wore a uniform. Oh. <laughs> so, Kim, there's two shots that I, I really <laughs> want to focus on. I'm going to go okay. back to it. Okay. Kim, before, wait, before we go to cinematography corner. Yeah. Um, as a sort of preamble to that. <laughs> yeah. Tiffany's I did want to say. I have an agenda. I'm sorry. We can. <laughs> no, I know. I wanted to say my agenda, and I do want to, I also have feelings about the ketchup, so don't worry, is I liked I mean, and I know from our chat that we had feelings about Emma in these two episodes, but I thought that the like way they handled the first date was very cute and felt real and reminded me a little bit of the should we have sex, shouldn't we have sex episode where I felt like there was a good balance of like a slight lesson, but also just it felt natural and the awkwardness felt very real, like all the awkwardness. And I felt like they had actual chemistry as opposed to these other random crushes we have, like the Toby thing, which is just like a crush. There felt like chemistry to me. But can I just comment on the Toby thing? Because that led to one of my favorite reactions, which is like Toby's like being a stammering seventh grader for some reason because he can't talk to Emma all of a sudden. And then Emma responds by saying... Let's go sharpen our pencils. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Go sharpen your pencils. I love it. It was so it. good. I wrote it down. I forgot to write it down, but it was really good. Oh my God. I just, I mean, also I think the date felt so middle school. Like the, like, at first I was like a mall and then I was like, wait a minute. That's where we hung out when I was in like high school and middle school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. Like, we would take the bus to the mall. Sit at the food court. Throw your retainer yep. away. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I did that at a public park, though. It was worse. Oh. I did it at a Hardee's. Oh, man. Park, public park is worse. Hardee's contained. Yeah. No, it was horrible. It was horrible. And, like, we had gone away. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> I got it back. So we have the date, which gets us. Is that, with the, well, is that your first cinematography? Well, actually, yes. Yes. But there's one before ketchup. Um, okay. There is. Okay. So in bird pooping scene. I have this 
giant note in my notes is like, what is this fucking mat shot? Because so we hear the birds cawing, like whether they're crows or ravens or something ominous up there <laughs> pooping willy nilly on young girls sweaters and the camera like pans up. And then there's a cut, a hard cut, and then we see this stuffed pheasant, and the camera comes back down, and it says principal's yeah. office. So, like, yeah. it's it's this weird sort of match cut in that, like, where there's an auditory to visual match, and it is so fucking weird. <laughs> It, it's so um, gratuitous in what is otherwise a very functionally straightforward cinematographical style that this show has. I mean, like, this is not a frilly sort of, like, experimental sort of, like, thing, you know, like, show that is being produced here. So, like, that they would take the time to do that seems so weird to me and I was like I went back and I watched it three times before I can move (laughs) on because I was like what is going on here but then like the reason that I, I, I want I was spending so much time on it here just now is because I think that it's asking us to think about then this extreme close up of Emma's mouth with the ketchup on the chin and then an extreme close up again when she wipes it off. And so we can talk about like what the extreme close up of a woman's mouth does in film and all of that. Yeah, so that's that's where I'm coming at from here. So, I mean, like, you know, I don't know how far we want to get into like Laura Mulvey and the male gaze and all of that sort of stuff but (laughs) but like I don't know it's just like I think that there were there were like some really weird visual decisions that were made in filming this episode that we have never seen before Mm -hmm. and I think it's also interesting that it's Emma who of all the characters yes Jimmy and Ashley had talked about sex but in terms of like being a sexual being against Mm -hmm. her will Emma is the only character that has experienced that I mean Sort of with Liberty maybe being a victim, but she wasn't. But Emma actually was yeah. hypersexualized in the very first episode by the man that was a pedophile, right? So I I think you're totally onto something. And you know, it's not a, it's not too much spoiler spoilers to say Emma's sexuality or the sexing of hypersexing of Emma is a pretty common theme throughout the entire series. Like we come back to Emma being a sex symbol, whether she wants to be or not, pretty regularly, I would argue. So I wrote, just to keep on the theory train, what an abject date. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yes. So just to be, to do the like 10 second version of the abject for people that are listening and are like, God, these people. (laughs) Um, Yeah, this is taking a turn. (laughs) So I was just thinking, okay, Basically, there's all, like, the, if the abject, abject is all the stuff that we want to, like, pretend doesn't exist and get rid of, all the trash, literally, Emma gets shot on, then she has ketchup on her face, then she thinks she threw something away and makes the guy go through the trash, where he finds other stuff that's covered in disgusting stuff, specifically a piece of meat that also has ketchup on it, that he then throws. And then, in the middle of all that... We have the boys chewing gum, sending what conceivably is kind of messy chicken to this class, and then Miss Kwan's car is covered in eggs. Mm. So there's like so much shit 
getting thrown at women. Less so Miss Kwan, but there was just like something weird. And then in the middle of it all, they're talking about the deaths of cows. Yes. Right? <laughs> so harvest. Like, uh, the harvest. Yeah, the harvest. The harvest of cows. Not the purge, and, the harvest. Well, and also Sean is so graphic that like, Emma like puts down her food like it, her veggie out, burger yeah. yeah also side note I thought that was a cookie that Sean pulled out of the trash yeah. and I was like eat it but no it wasn't <laughs> I was like yes trash cookie I would totally eat a trash cookie ladies and gentlemen let me introduce you to Sonic Gabbard <laughs> this is this is how you get scurvy or something. Yeah, that's, no, dude. Uh, that's, uh, nope. If there's sugar involved, I will put my life at risk to consume it. Anyway, that's a total aside. Sidebar. But no, I think that what both of you are saying about Emma's being sexualized and this... I mean, the thing that's so interesting about Sean is how feminized his face is because of his fucking eyebrows and also his cheeks. And he's just got a very feminine face. And so in that moment, and not that that matters, but there's something interesting about suddenly the assertion of him looking at her and the ketchup, which was just so disgusting because until I was like 20 or something, I thought ketchup was disgusting. And I reverted while watching this scene because I was like, stop! (laughs) Would you have felt better if it was mustard? Well, mustard, yes. Mayonnaise. Although I didn't like mustard either. Mayonnaise would have been apt. Is, is there like a, a condiment that you would have preferred? <laughs> I didn't face? like condiments on on, on hot uh, on hot dogs or, well, I didn't like hot dogs and I didn't like condi- <laughs> condiments on burgers until my mid twenties. Mm. Okay. Okay. So, so there's this cut from <laughs> back to Sean after she cleans it up and he yeah. like, the look on his face is just like, oh, now I'm pleased and mm. everything is back to the way that it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I think that it's the camera work that is doing this job. You know, I'm not saying that, like, there's something creepy about, like, a, you know, a kid smiling at his date. I'm just saying that, like... Well, and the beats were off. Because it felt like it was supposed to be that moment in every rom-com where the two people are eating and the person has a thing and they share a moment of like noting like, oh, you got something there. And like, it was like one, they're they're too young for him to reach out and touch her. They're not Mm -hmm, there yet. mm -hmm, Yeah. mm -hmm. And it wanted to be that, but it was, it was gross. Like it made... I think it was supposed to make her cute, but it like the the extreme close up just made her look objectified in like a literal sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I think it was. I think it was also just supposed to be like this is awkward, huh. and yes. I don't know. Like I'm Sean. I don't know how to tell this girl that I like that she has something on her face, and we're supposed to be on this date, and it's already started off on a questionable note, <laughs> and I don't know what to do. Yeah, and you're Sean, and you're also, your reputation is Mr. Cool. And they even dressed, they styled him for that date. I mean, I don't know if y'all noticed, he was like baby Steve McQueen. Like, with his little turtleneck. Like, they totally styled him to be cool kid, and that's his reputation. But one of the things that we find out, that we're finding out, is how lovable and awkward Sean is. And I think that scene, I I think just said this right, that scene is supposed to show us that he he is not actually cool he's as dorky as emma is he just has a lot of denim okay yeah 
Okay. And feelings. He's got yes. And earrings. Yeah, mm. lots of earrings. Did you guys notice too? Like I didn't notice this earlier on in the series. In fact, Ray did when she would watch with me that Sean. They let Sean have visible acne, whereas they don't let some of the mm-hmm. other characters have visible acne. Like they put makeup on some of the other characters. But this episode, they covered up his acne, which I thought was really interesting too. In terms of like, not all of it though. Yeah, just but it wasn't as like, but they didn't cover it up as much. They covered it up more than before. So I thought that was really interesting too. I mean, it's inter. I mean, overall, it's interesting how the show makes it clear that there are couples and there are crushes, and those are like two lanes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked before about the sort of reality of like being twelve and being like, I have a crush on you today, and I will for five days, and then it'll flame out. Mm-hmm. But they also still want there to be, like, couples. And the couples are understood to be in a different lane. The Emma-Sean thing was, like, ordained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was narratively ordained. And it has been ordained in the way that, like, the Terry-Spinner thing was, like, a flop. Or Liberty and JT. Yeah. It's like, this is not going to happen. This brings up an interesting point, though. Because, like, Liberty and Terry have both moved on. Mm-hmm. Yes. Toby has not. Mm-hmm. Well, well, until this episode, which we didn't know he hadn't. <laughs> right, right, and I, I mean, like, so, like, I, I guess that I'm just throwing that out there is like, do we keep an eye I out mean, on Liberty and and Terry sort of like re-upping, or is this saying something else about like, I don't know, the yeah. sort of like resilience of? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I think that that with the. the uh, I think Don't do it, Jacinta. I, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> Don't do I, it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna go into any couple revelations. But I will say that um, I do think that the show is uh, invested in uh, girls being more capable than boys. Yes. In almost every regard. <laughs> so definitely. <laughs> yes. Okay. I think Liberty and Terry are much better suited to handle these shenanigans than their boy counterparts. Word. But but not all the female characters are though. And like like we'll see that later on. And it might also be about grade eight like being like Liberty's mature for a grade eight and also grade eight seven. Or for a grade seven, sorry. God. For a seventh (laughs) grader. So it also might be a a commentary on maturity too, right? If we think about like the Ashley growing in the Jimmy episode and all of that. Mm-hmm. Also, the Toby recurrence of his crush really only seemed to matter in this episode insofar as to add slight dramatic tension. I think it's also like one of those things where you might assume that it's happening in the background. This happens a lot in soap operas. Yeah. yeah. People, people will comment like, oh, we never see such and such character with their kids. And it's not because they don't have... Th- the kids are with them. Like, literally, live with them. They just aren't showing them. So then people will make, like, all these assumptions about what that means about the character. And it's really just, like, the production didn't show it. <laughs> so, so Like, like babies on sitcoms? Right. So there's also... I mean, unless they, like, disappear like Judy Winslow. And that's, like, a whole different thing. Yeah. But there's also just, like, the possibility that we could think this Toby crush has been lingering in the background. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of dodgeball game only has one ball? Yep. Um, Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) Like, were they on a budget? 
I don't understand what I, is I was kind I, I, I watching that I was like this feels different <laughs> than I remember right I've played a, a lot of dodgeball in my day and I don't know that's not usually how that works I want to give a shout out to Emma's hair clips and yes. <laughs> um, Spike's camera Spike's um, camera yep. Emma's hair in this episode she just needs to get a comb to get a straight part. And the barrettes were weirdly placed again. Now, the crimp, I know that, Sana, you have had problems with the crimp in the past. Uh, but the crimp was fairly even and it was curled under. There's this shot when she hears Sean tell her about the ketchup where the top of her head is, like, off screen. So, like, the top of the screen is, like, right at her hairline. And her hair looks cute. It's literally just the top of... <laughs> because it's cut off! Just, like, the top of her head she needs to attend to and it's also better in the next episode mm-hmm. yes oh i was gonna say that i do want to in- interject that we do that page once more helps emma in this episode just yeah. as a setup for next episode because i was like damn emma that's real harsh in the next episode so i was like wait didn't she just like do you a solid and give you boy advice well so that's what i was gonna say because like obviously like page is supposed to be this mean girl but she is also like I, I wrote in my notes Paige the sage <laughs> because in this episode because yeah. she keep but like because she's given them like uh, yes. particularly Emma mm-hmm. uh, some guidance and it's funny how they like have that and then also like you know Paige semi terrorizing <laughs> yeah no Paige is such a big sister figure to Emma like they write them like sisters so much and that like yeah the the love hate like there's such good tension between Emma and Paige but also um, a lot I feel like Paige oddly enough respects Emma and Emma does not respect Paige like Emma Emma has nothing for Paige which why would you she's an asshole like she's an asshole to you so why would you trust her but also like the way that Paige takes Emma seriously and thinks of her as a threat makes me think that she respects her in an odd way mm-hmm. but um, I mean all right yeah, the, the crimp panels, though, as an aside, in the first scene, though, Tiffany, I'm going to have to call out again because they're just, there's just two strips, like a three-inch strip on either side of her part, and that's it. The rest is just straight. Like, what is that? I kind of loved it. Uh, <laughs> what is it that? looked like she was, like, in, like, Disney's Hercules. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Like, her hair. I was like, are you one of the muses? Because I am confused You're by confused. Like, the extreme straightness of your hair to cr- provide contrast with your crimps. Like, I had a Barbie with crimps, and it was much better than these crimps. Wait, was that the Barbie where you rotate her arm and her hair grows out of the middle of her, ha- her head? No, it just had crimps. Oh, okay. And then I, I, used a, I used a yellow highlighter to highlight it, and then I didn't cute. like it, so I cut all of her hair off. Oh, like you probably- do. Wow. She could do a pixie. I did a spoilery thing, and this is going back to the Miss um, Miss Quan plot. I I might have looked online to make sure that Miss Quan comes back because I was. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> because I didn't. I didn't. But I'm glad to know that that means that there's hope because there is. As you said, this this episode, I have lots of feelings about because of Miss Quan. No, I was about to have like a panic attack. I was like, no, she can't go. She has to come back. <laughs> I mean, it was. I mean, it was one of my 
favorites insofar as the amount of writing she gets because Miss Kwan is my avatar in this world. <laughs> favorites this episode? I'm assuming, Brendan, that is your answer then. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I will. I will say also Ms. Kwan because because she's amazing, and I I felt so bad for her because they were such <laughs> jerks to her. My favorite is um, probably Paige. I I love a good good Paige advice quarter. Yeah, Paige wisdom. I I was gonna say I was actually gonna say Emma, um, because I I feel like Emma is every woman in this uh episode who is who has no fucking idea what she's doing when trying to date a person that she likes plus uh the bird poop reminded me of my best friend cindy shout out cindy who gets pooped on by birds all the time i don't she does no it's no like literally i walked by her this weekend and i was like oh shit i might get pooped on I told her this. This isn't news. But I also really like the one dude who's like, I'll buy the pizza and like pays for some pizza when it when Quan gets pranked. Oh, yeah. So he's my second favorite because that guy's like, fuck it, man. I'm hungry. I'm in the middle of class. Here's I mean, $5. Give me that pizza. I took night classes all through my MA. I would have liked somebody to bring us pizza. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. That would have been great, right? And he offered to pay for some of it too. Like grad students would never do that. Well, they all had cash because it was like two thousand two. Truth, yeah, yes. so. truth. It'd be harder. Do you have a tip reader? <laughs> What's your Venmo? I got I got caught up by some Girl Scouts like last year oh. who had a, a card swipe. Oh. Oh. What did you like say? I don't have any cash. I can't buy anything. They're like, oh no, we got you covered. Yeah, that is literally what happened. <laughs> They're like, funny you should mention that. Yeah. 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 No, they are prepared. They are the Girl Scouts. All right. Episode 12 called Wannabe. Zig this zig epi- What? Nothing. Oh, did you say a zig a zig? Oh. <laughs> right? Okay, so this episode is Degrassi dipping their toes into some Mean Girls territory. And we start off with Paige, a young man who I've never seen before and I don't think we see again. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember his name. Brian, maybe? No, no, but I appreciate the gender equality here. Yes, right. I'm going to go with Brian. (laughs) He looks like a Brian. Sure. So Paige, Brian, and most importantly, we finally get... to see Hazel in action, and Hazel actually becomes a full fleshed out character this episode. So Paige, uh, Hazel, and Brian are doing an interview at Liberty about the Spirit Squad, aka the cheerleading team. I don't know why they don't call it cheerleading team, but uh, but anyway, it's cheerleading. Anyway, so they're giving an interview talking about how they're recruiting young people to re- restart up the cheerleading team slash spirit squad. So this episode is all about the cheerleading team and mean girl tomfoolery. In the episode, we find out that Manny really wants to try out for the cheerleading squad. And we also find out that Manny is a little bit of a gymnast. Yeah, I think I think Manny actually like the character. I think at some point they actually talk about her doing gymnastics, but here they just have her like cartwheeling. <laughs> yeah, like she she's she tells Paige she wants to jo- she wants to try out, and Paige is like you, and she's like watch this, and she does two cartwheels, and thus we're supposed to th- read Manny as an excellent cheerleader because of her two cartwheels this is in the middle of the school hallway and when she walks out to do the the cartwheel i'm thinking like "Ooh, we're gonna get a back handspring nah we get a we get a cartwheel 
two of them. So Manny wants to join the cheerleading squad. Emma and true Emma second wave feministy <laughs> thing is like cheerleading sexist. That's bad. I'm going to write a letter to the editor and put it in the school newspaper about how bad and anti-feminist cheerleading is. And Manny's like, bruh, I just, I just really like cheerleading. <laughs> the main plot of plot, let's just call a spade a spade. The main plot of the entire show, because the secondary plot is not even that. The main plot of this entire episode is... It doesn't make sense. No. Manny is basically torn between the popular girls, those being Paige and Hazel, and her friend from from day one, her OG bestie, Emma. And so it's a classic, you know, do you choose the people who are with you from the beginning? Or do you choose the new kids that are cooler, flashier, shinier, plastic, as Emma calls Paige in an insult? So we hear, we see this big conflict between Emma Manny and Paige. The more nuts and bolts of the plot, Emma says she's going to write this letter to the editor. Manny tells Paige and Hazel. Paige and Hazel are like, hey, Manny, let's let's hang out um, in an attempt to monitor what it is that Emma's actually doing. They go over to Manny's house. We finally get to hang out in Manny's bedroom. Um, they talk about cute boys, except one of the boys smells bad, so his cute points go down. <laughs> so during that scene when they're at Manny's house, Emma calls asking Manny to go over to, to study. Manny lies and says that she's feeling sick. Paige reminds her to make sure to check in about the letter to the editor or op-ed to which... Uh, Emma says, oh, I'm not going to write it, Manny. Don't worry. Emma on the phone hears Paige in the background mocking Emma. Well, then Emma's like, well, fuck this shit. (laughs) Uh, And so she decides to do a scorched earth. And so she ends up publishing it. Of course, running to Liberty at the last minute because these children do not know what a deadline is (laughs) or they know it too well because they're always butting up against it. The, The piece gets published. Paige and Hazel and Brian decide that the best way to counterattack <laughs> assault on the spirit squad is to rip out every piece of the op-ed <laughs> in all of the school papers. Which I'm like, that is the most tedious like counterattack I've ever seen. They had Rather time. than just like doing it like we do in, in politics and have our own press conference and have our own op-ed, they're like, well, we're just going to take it away so no one can see it because apparently the internet is not a thing yet and they don't publish the Sentinel or whatever it's called. The Grapevine. <laughs> the Grapevine, sorry, not the Sentinel. Mr. Spike's husband, I forget his name. That's not who his name is Snake. <laughs> Snake, whatever. Mr. Snake confronts Paige and Manny about the ripping up of the editorial. And he says vandalism is a... Did he say that you'll get suspended? He was very intense about it. So Paige throws Hazel under the bus and says it was Hazel that did it. Because Paige is a cunt in this episode. I wrote the same thing. She's such a cunt. So Manny, who was forewarned about this by Emma, Emma did say she will turn on you. And Manny's like, no, she won't. Emma ends up being right. Paige does turn on Hazel. And then when Manny confronts her, Paige turns on Manny. And Manny's like, oh, just stop. Like, she's like, come at me. Come at me. And as What's soon- your damage? Yes. No, it's true. <laughs> Manny, what's your she damage? Says, what's your damage? So Manny's like, I, you know, if you want to tear me down, I will, I'll 
bring you with me, bitch. So Paige, it ends with Paige saying to Manny, FYI, your attitude sucks, but you made the team. (laughs) And Manny is a cheerleader now. And Emma and Manny make up. Emma is actually kind of compassionate and doesn't do it. And I told you so, even though she could have done it and I told you so. And Manny even cries a little bit. Uh, It's really sad because Manny wants to be popular. Manny, Manny likes the attention from Hazel and Paige, and Brian, but she, I'm sorry, I I, I know Brian, (laughs) that guy, Um, but she likes the attention, and also one other part of this main plot that I didn't mention is Paige is definitely playing uh, Manny and Hazel off of each other, doing that mean girl, like, I wrote down that Paige is an instigator. (laughs) She's a pot stirrer, that's for sure. She's like, Hazel, didn't Manny do the best cartwheel <laughs> manny you are so good at the splits manny la, 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 la. page is page is queen bee she even says like manny you were like the best out there second to me of course oh Paige. so the other plot it's not even plot there's like this other thing where jt and toby are collecting They have to get an ace of spades and an ace of clubs at the bottom of Pringles cans or like whatever Canadian Pringles are. I think they're they're Pringles. Okay, so they are. Well, they're they're non-branded chips in a can. In a in a cylinder can. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so they're Pringles. Once you pop, the fun might stop. <laughs> when you don't win the lottery. So they're trying yeah. to win uh, the an ace of spades and an ace of clubs in order to win a million dollars, which in American dollars is not a million dollars. The whole part of that is they're eating all these chips. They Liberty has the ace of whatever clubs. And they're like, oh, so they let Liberty in on it because they have an ace of spades somewhere. Also, Spinner overhears it and extorts them and says, you have to give me 10% of your winnings because I'll be your muscle slash I'll beat you up if you don't give it to me. Fuck you, Spinner. Anyway, in true JT fashion, he loses the can because his mom went on her cleaning binges. He ends up finding it and it's an ace of clubs as well. They don't win a million dollars. The only good part of this whole subplot is that Liberty and Toby, like, get really excited and start spending money that they don't have. Uh, and Liberty <laughs> buys red, ugly-ass hey, cowboy boots that are hey, amazing. Okay, hey. Liberty's boots are great. They are amazing. Uh, they are fantastic. They are amazing. They're They're horrible. amazing. They're so bad. They're I just like love how she has Canyon. them on the desk. Yes. So an important scene where these two intersect is she has them up on the desk. And if you want to talk about cinematography, when Emma runs in to put the editorial in, we first see her boots on the desk. Yeah, that's true. She suddenly is Miranda Priestly for like two minutes. Because she suddenly has all this power. and then there's but there's She's also done. a later low angle shot that's stationary in the hallway yeah. after class. Yeah. And the only point of it is that Liberty boot Liberty's boots walk across the screen in the foreground and it's amazing. But also I just love that she's just like, she's not going like full Western. I'm just wearing these boots with whatever other clothes I have. With my turtleneck. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I actually don't think it's a turtleneck. So the B plot is just a sitcom plot. It's yeah. like a bad. It's so bad. And it could be literally on any show. Like, it's just so boring. Like, I was waiting, which makes me realize, A, that I now realize what the what the quality level is supposed to be for this show. 
Mm. And B, the writing has gotten better because I don't accept this anymore. Exactly. Exactly. We're like, we're pat- we're well past these, like, JT is an idiot plots. Yeah, this is really, it's a weird, it seems almost like a plot intended to just pull a bunch of characters together and also make Spinner horrible because he's, like, physically threatening them and he puts him in a locker, which I never find funny and I know we're supposed to. Well, and Toby and Liberty are also, like, fed up with him. They're like, you, you stay in your timeout locker. Can we, can we also acknowledge the fact here, though, that JT and Toby did not need to eat all of those Pringles? <laughs> like, you could have just emptied the can. Like, you were over here scarfing, like, Which Pringles. is sitcom, sitcom. It's a sitcom. Oh, yeah. That's why it's a it's so bad um although that whole okay so the subplot f or whatever the bat it did have my favorite line of this episode which is spinner saying sorry i don't speak dork oh i thought you were gonna say the one where liberty said find a dictionary and look up pathetic yes (laughs) yes it's so good I do think my favorite is, shouldn't you be testing your makeup on animals? Oh my god, yes! Because I love, I mean, I know that this is an episode where we generally don't like Emma, but I do think that of the characters, Emma is so, Emma and Paige are both so always themselves. Mm -hmm. And... Yes, they're always on brand. And they're always on brand, and I mean, this is the episode where we really have a battle of the two white ladies. And like... (laughs) And they're each just throwing women of color under the bus, right? Because I was like, oh, so you're going to use Hazel. Like, Hazel's not really... I mean, Manny gets... Emma at least realizes she's wrong to some extent. And what she says to Manny at the end for me helped a little bit. Because I was like, oh. Well, no. I mean, she at least realized that maybe if Manny wants to do it, that could mean that there's a legitimate reason to be a cheerleader, which I thought was more interesting in a very end... white lady way of accepting oh, yeah. difference. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, I know one. I know a cheerleader. They're not all bad. I know one cheerleader. <laughs> but also... <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I have a cheerleader also... friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. right. Um, but also, like, she doesn't apologize until after she sees that Manny, like, has basically given Paige an ultimatum. Like, right. so, oh, yeah. I mean, so, like, it's a very safe apology at that point. And, oh, like, yes. yeah, and I was just like, what the fuck? Emma is a salty, salty asshole <laughs> in this episode. And I was just, like, yelling at her the whole time. It's just, she's she's being as mean as Paige, but, she, but we're supposed to be on her side a little bit. Because Emma always goes, like, zero to a hundred. Like, there's no gray area <laughs> here. Like, it's either okay or terrible. Like, those are the, the, the lanes that she will allow to be it. She has no regard for, like, what Manny wants at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She doesn't even ask her why. Right. This episode was a little bit of, like... The zingers and one-liners were really good, and um, in that respect, like, the writing was solid, but, like, the plotting and characterization was not, for me, as, like, I I just felt like that there were some, like, inconsistent actions. I mean, in so much as we can expect consistency from the show, but, like, also, I just felt like going going straight to angry in the episode last episode where she's like mad at sean because she doesn't understand and then also like being or maybe we're just starting to see emma as a person who gets mad at dumb shit i don't know uh yeah well like i said i they, they, 
Emma is supposed to be a character that is like a good character, like a good person, but like the way that she does things is like makes it very difficult to like consistently enjoy her, at least for me. <laughs> no, yeah, that's same. totally fair, yeah. I mean, she seems like a causes person. Yeah. Like a yeah. sort of, and mm-hmm. like, by that I mean like she's like five years out from knowing what to do with that, but she has a thing and that's her thing. I wrote in my notes that Emma is tiresome, which yes. is how she makes me, she just makes me exhausted. I do think the end does, the episode, as much as the we're supposed to see that she's learned something, I think we also see her as kind of opportunistic and the episode wants us to. Like, it's very clear she writes the op-ed to get back at Manny and not because she still feels that way. Right. Yeah. Because one of the cinematography corner, one of the most interesting shots for me is that we have that shot where they're having their argument and Emma isn't in the hallway. She's behind glass watching everything. Yeah, she's always in the wings this whole episode. Yeah, there's two shots where she's on the other side of the glass. Yeah. And so that sort of is this sort of thing where she is a causes person because at the outset if they didn't have that dude i could see the sort of knee-jerk like uh cheerleading so sexist and then they make it very clear that she's using i mean it just seemed like a battle of two white ladies over their women of color you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of in mean girls when regina george and katie herring have the blowout fight at the last scene and this came on after i mean this was written after this degrassi episode so it's not like degrassi was saying from mean girls but when regina george says to katie you're just like me the only difference mm-hmm. is you don't know that you're just like me mm-hmm. And that that is that's one of the things I really liked about the episode, which I thought was interesting with Paige saying to Manny, like, you're you have a bad attitude, but you can be on the team is that Paige is smart. And I think they even say that at some point. I think Emma says Paige is smart. She's mm-hmm. she's but she's evil. Right. <laughs> Whereas Emma is probably the opposite. She's dumb, but she's nice. Um, but she's well, like willfully end, naive. <laughs> although at the end, I was thought it was interesting that she actually revert returns the because f- when she talks to Manny at the very end, along with the white lady apology, she does say Paige is too smart to not let you be on the team because you're yeah. good, which also I thought was a smart right. Yeah, that seemed to be the most adult thing that happened for her, was she realizes like. Her realization was like, I can't let this shit get in the way of my friendship. I mean, I did appreciate that ultimately this was about friendships. Yeah, I I wrote in all caps, best friend drama. And I will, this is not a particularly spoilery spoiler, let you know that this is not the last fight that Emma and Manny will have. Oh, Lord, no. They go through a lot. But this is like, this is like the, the forewarning of future issues that they will have. We've uh, sort of hinted around the famous Manny Thong episode um, (laughs) previously. That episode is very much in this very same vein. The issue Mm -hmm. that they have in that episode is like this issue times like five. Mm -hmm. It's also not the, this is also sort of foreshadowing Paige and Hazel drama. Hazel gets hers. Like Hazel does not, Hazel's not a victim. Uh, in this episode, Hazel's definitely a victim, but Hazel gets back at Paige in a very 
good way, and Hazel, like, has her own storylines and becomes a even more fleshed out character who, uh, yeah, who Paige has to start respecting. That's the other thing is I think this episode is when Emma starts respecting Manny because I think Manny has for a long time been a sidekick and a hype woman for for Emma and Manny's now asserting herself as someone with desires and needs. Which I liked those fights. Yeah, which to that end is also like the Manny Page argument is also sort of like an ongoing thread um, because Manny, as we saw in that argument, is a person who can actually like yell back at Page. Yeah, she's not afraid of Paige at all. Whereas I think Emma is a little bit afraid of Paige. And Paige is afraid of Emma. Yeah, I don't know if they're afraid of each other. I think they're almost don't know what to do with each other. Paige is so condescending. She presents herself as a woman of the world and someone who <laughs> understands why things happen, like the the real reason why things happen. And mm-hmm. she says sweetie a lot. And so like Hun. just as, Hun's her favorite word. Yeah, hun. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hun. I don't know that I have anything else to say except that that was that's one of my frustrations with Paige is just that yes she she does sort of have these sort of moments of wisdom but the the flip side of that is that she she knows that she has some wisdom and she flaunts it and holds it over people. She's an evil genius. Yes, she for is. sure. She got Manny to do a cartwheel in the cafeteria. <laughs> Like, how fucking disgusting is that? <laughs> I know. Not or... just because she was, like, making Manny perform, but, like, ew. No, but she or... was, because she's like, you have to get used to just doing this stuff in front of people. Yeah. But, like, she made her touch the floor. <laughs> Can we Girl, also... you were talking about eating a cookie out of the trash. I know, but so... that's so different. <laughs> I mean, is it? <laughs> uh, and someone okay. puts their feet in the trash. Incidentally. Incidentally. <laughs> I noticed that on one of the bulletin boards in the background, there's a poster that said, hate, it's taught, which is, like, <laughs> so Canadian to me. Oh, <laughs> my like, God. And, like, also so, like, 90s slash early 2000s motivational poster. In the last episode, when they're making out, the door they're in front of is for a multicultural history class. Oh, my God. That yeah. is <laughs> With it, with it as a hyphenate, though. Multicultural history. Great. An assortment of turtleneck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and pom-pom pumping robots. I um, was just about oh to God, say yeah. something about that. Because... It's so good. Well, Manny's like, how can it be sexist if there are guys? And I mean, like, I don't know. Let's talk about that. How can it be sexist if there are yeah. guys? It's, so, I mean, like, I think that Manny is, you know trying to make an argument but like uh, i don't know let's see you know (laughs) but also manny does not want to argue with her she just wants to be a damn cheerleader yeah she wants her best friend to leave her alone (laughs) or do what she does for her which is let manny be into something like manny lets emma talk about sea turtles all fucking day (laughs) exactly and she never says bruh enough let's talk about me (laughs) yeah which is like that fight that fight in the bathroom where she talks about her being boring yeah that was clearly that was so true though (laughs) (laughs) manny's manny's been holding that one back for yeah (laughs) well i mean that's like that's like a super fucking deep deep cut but like (laughs) also so true she said and i quote you're so boring sometimes i want to scream 
How many partners of grad students have thought that? (laughs) (laughs) But then Emma's like, you think you can drop me like a hot potato? Because, ooh, some eighth grader is finally talking to you. (laughs) And she actually says eighth grader. I rewound it. I was like, oh, they didn't say grade eight. So it's a, a, I don't know. Nothing. Never mind. I'm going to peter (laughs) out. I'm going to just peter on out here. (laughs) I mean, I think the thing about Emma, even when she's frustrating, is that because... So if Paige's thing is moral condescension and experience, Emma's thing is moral superiority. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which also makes her annoying, but also what's interesting when she argues with Paige is that both of them are both wrong and right, usually. Mm -hmm. Because, like, yeah, the white lady sexist thing is, like, played out, but also some of what she says kind of makes... I mean, there are some interesting things in there about, like, cheerleaders and why we need them and what they mean and... But at the same time, it's stupid. Same with Paige's sort of like, we should be able to be cheerleaders, but also I manipulate, like, that, that, that to me is what's more interesting. Makes them both more interesting is that like, that the causes girl isn't always right, even if we want her to be right, because we're supposed to, the moral weight is supposed to fall on her side. Well, right. And I, I actually wrote in my notes, I was like, is our is Emma our fucking moral center? Because like there's in in the fight where Manny is kind of giving Paige the shit and it's the it's the the last, you know, fight that they have of the episode. You see Emma through the glass and she's smiling. Yeah, um, I know. Yeah. It's so creepy. And so <laughs> and it's like, I mean, there's also some condescension in that. Are we supposed to be like, OK, Manny, you did good. Good job. I, I wrote literally. Literally single white females. <laughs> but I mean, like, but this is where my issue with like her as I said, and she only apologized after she sees Manny fall out with Paige. I don't think like, she is. I, like I an think... asshole. Now, I was just going to say that I think that like the show is sometimes a little bit pushy on this because I think that like if we hadn't had Paige and Hazel literally ripping her op-ed out of the newspaper which is clearly not good, then I think it would be a little bit more balanced. But Mm -hmm. it's very much tilted in Emma's favor when they do that. Yeah, right. I mean, I guess to me, I didn't think she was a moral center because we do, in other places, see her clearly do this for personal reasons. And because the show often has these episodes, not this one, where we, but other ones where we end with moral discomfort. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I think we're supposed to initially be like, oh, Emma's right. And then as it picks up steam, we're like, ooh. I think Manny often ends up being the moral center because Manny is usually like mediating two sides of an issue. Right. Yeah. And Liberty, too. Yeah. They seem to be the the characters that are like the connecting characters seem to be the ones which is like friendship. 101, the person between two people has to be like, well, have you thought about? But this episode, for listeners who maybe just listen because they like the podcast or are lightweight Degrassi fans, I strongly recommend this episode for the humorous one-liners because, like, every every minute there's another good one. There, there's just... Because you got Paige, who is so witty and so cutting and so biting and you can tell the writers love writing for Paige just dropping them left and right and then Emma coming right back at her like it's it's gold it's it's fantastic mean girl girl drama gold and there's no physical fights either which I you know I you wouldn't expect that on Degrassi but still like yay just the threat of spinner 
I wrote Spinner creeps me out. Spinner <laughs> creeps me out so much. This whole episode, he's so creepy because yeah. he's stalking them. In his lunch lady outfit. <laughs> I know. It's really gross. Spinner's a lightweight mob enforcer. <laughs> also, how old is Hazel supposed to be? Because Hazel seems much older than this group of people. They're, she's in eighth grade. I don't know what it is about her, but she just seems so much older than the other people. Like, she's much more put together and she just looked much older. I mean, Hazel and Manny, both future Manny, will give Paige such a run for her money for the it girl. Like, they're both very it girls. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Paige knows it. That's why she's pitting them against each other. Yeah, Paige is like, I mean, there can only be one, so... Um, right. uh, sacrifice y'all. And also, though, she does have the best hair this episode. Paige, totally. It's like this Barbarella, like, <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. It's like high ponytail with the ponytail wrapper, like, wrapped in hair. Uh, mm-hmm. And, like, you know, the two little wisps on either side of her face. And it's just cascading down in perfect curls. And it's it's really good, but she's an asshole. Paige is doing really well. Like, she's she's showing up and looking cute. So is Manny, though. Manny, I mean, to go back to mm-hmm. our initial conversation, like, Manny's like, oh, you know what? I can look cute, too. Yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. gonna. Paige is like, fuck, dude. What am I gonna do? One more thing. So Snake taught them Photoshop in this episode? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. And I wrote down part of it because he said, <clears throat> and I quote, Today I'm going to introduce you to Photoshop so you can begin to learn how to scan and edit images digitally. Yep. Yep. It's amazing. I wrote it down too. It's amazing what these programs can do. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, first of all, I don't understand this media immersion class like as a thing, but like I just love this this whole situation in which they've, you know, built their websites about whatever and now you know portfolios i think he says and then now they're gonna learn to use photoshop sure sure sure. when you scan i also love this version that you're scanning in images it's so old school yeah i definitely was not using photoshop in 2002 but shout out to degrassi Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, this is what we need is to give JT tools to make memes. So this is doing it for us. Oh, you know? man. <laughs> I, I did appreciate the can of moose that was in the foreground on his um, bookshelf as he's like digging through stuff in his bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one nod to personal grooming that we see for JT. But mm-hmm. it's not true because he wouldn't use mousse. He would use gel because his hair is like all spiky wet looking all the time. Ah, uh, mousse will give you that look if you put it in your hair wet and you d- just like comb it through and leave it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gel, just, it gel just has more hold. I guess I'm thinking Spinner. Spinner's a full gel head. Yeah, oh, Spinner's, spinner's hair gel. makes no sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> but also, they all, ex- except Jimmy, are very much invested in that whole gel life or moose life yeah. or whatever not toby toby's is just parted oh, yeah. down the middle and that's true toby's <laughs> is greasy he's invested in grease well, hair grease you know middle school yeah as as one does I guess the uh, one, oh, uh, also pure plot. why would liberty ask spinner to bully jt yep yep that's when i was like this is all bizarre because it makes well, no what does Liberty sense. have on Spinner to make him bully him? I think Nothing. she just offered him a cut. Yeah. Yep. 
because Spinner is a mob enforcer. <laughs> well, no, this is after it was after it was after they found out that he didn't have it. Yeah, yeah, she was like, "Get him." Yeah. And I think it was just like she was playing on the anger there. But I mean, I believe that Toby and Liberty would stuff JT in his locker because they were angry. But I don't believe that she would sick Spinner on him. I feel like there's going to be, I don't remember this, but I feel like we might see more Liberty Spinner alliances because she's the brains, he's the brawn. I just hated that whole plot so much. Yeah, it was so bad. (laughs) Uh, But my favorite thing is definitely Liberty's red cowboy boots. I knew you would say that. Oh my God. (laughs) You are outnumbered here, Sonnet, because those things were magnificent. They are pretty great. It's the lack of coercion. Like, there's... Or cohesion. Coercion. (laughs) Right? I feel like she was coerced to wear those. It's a lack of cohesion. Outfits, like, it doesn't work for me. Okay, but, like, how many people's outfits work in seventh grade? Pages. Oh, seventh grade. Oh, Sean. No, I mean just... Sean always wears denim. Yeah, and I just mean in life generally. I'm not talking about on this show. Like I remember, oh, honey, ha- I remember I wore fits. I wore. I had styles. I'm not saying you didn't. I'm saying people <laughs> generally, like normal people who are not Sonnet, who like, uh, have, like I, uh, who have like one thing that they want to wear all the time, and it doesn't yeah. matter if it it matches or anything else. They just want to wear it because for whatever reason they have imprinted on it. Now with sweatpants for my brother, track shorts for Raven. Yep. Yep. You're right. You're right. And they're magnificent. The boots. Ugh, yeah. It's true. What's your guys' favorite thing? All three of you are the cowboy boots? Uh, I think it might be that. I think a second, a close second is, um, well, is, is a lot of the one-liners. Mm. None of us have mentioned Hazel's random un- like assertion, get over it. Welcome to the new millennium. <laughs> I remember that. When being interviewed, which didn't entirely make sense because it was like a minute or two after the feminism discussion. But also the shouldn't you be testing your makeup on animals, which is the most Emma line, but also so great. I mean, Emma also always seems to be like channeling her mother quite clearly. Yeah. And that line was just amazing to me. Although like Emma's so much more intense than her mother. Like her mother's like obviously like pro-women, but Emma's like the extreme end of that well it's like her mom is in her 30s and emma's a teenager i mean her mom (laughs) is almost in her 30s oh shit you're right (laughs) she's She's a baby still but i was gonna say also i think one of my favorite things might be just liberty as newspaper editor because it's Mm -hmm. so serious yeah (laughs) and she's like I already set the the layout, um, so Yo. I don't know about putting this in, and Emma's all begging, and she's like, fine, I'll put it in there. And then, em, like, Liberty tries to save Emma from herself. She's like, this is a little bit intense, man. Yeah, <laughs> Liberty calling something intense is so good. And isn't Manny trying out? And Emma's like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Uh, my favorite things are uh, Manny's cheerleading chops. Uh, they're pretty good, but also, are they that good? <laughs> for seven? <laughs> those cartwheels for, for, and the splits. I mean, for middle school cheerleading, eh, you know, they don't I was do expecting much. at least a backbend. Just gonna say. Okay. Well, I don't... Or, or a Russian, what's the jumping Russian thing? 
Burpee. I have no idea what you're burpee. talking about. Also, Herky. they Herky. are not in Bring It On, so I think that they fine. Okay, fair enough. Who is your favorite character? Manny. 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 Manny, definitely. And Brian. <laughs> I'm going to feel R. really R. bad Brian. when I find out his name. No, I don't think. I don't think he's a real person. <laughs> like, there are other people on the Spirit Squad besides them, but, like, most of them are not, like, people that we know. By the way, this time watching the credits of Degrassi was the first time I realized that during the opening, I knew that Terry and Ashley and the choir are singing along, but I didn't realize until yesterday watching that nobody else in the choir is singing. Except Terry and Ashley. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> this, like, I'll, have to, I'll have to look next time. <laughs> this choir song, but only these two people say, okay, sure. If you have the spirit, you have the spirit, and you don't, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Eat your heart out, Heather Sinclair. Heather Sinclair. <laughs> We're going to write a song about her someday. Who is we? <laughs> Ashley and I. Ooh, spoilers. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to chill out. <laughs> all in all, I'm really enjoying I think it's the season one is getting better and better. Each episode I'm enjoying more and more. So Yes. Well, I mean, that's good because it's almost over. There's only one Three. more well Three I more. Mean, but one more of our episodes. So like we're gonna be doing the last three in our next episode. Yeah. <gasps> Oh, man. <laughs> I just remembered the finale. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Dude. Well, we'll, we'll make it through. <laughs> yeah. You know we Whatever can make it, it takes. through? Yes. 100%. Yes, that. Which, by the way, I noticed on Twitter yesterday that whatever it takes is a hashtag for the calves. <gasps> I okay I accept that but also then I had Degrassi stuck in my head because that belongs to them I think we co-opt it I think we take advantage of this and really you know <laughs> put, the, another... put the podcast on the cows hashtag yeah yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> LeBron if you're listening to this good luck and watch listen to our podcast <laughs> sure thanks for listening to that bleeping podcast uh, listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Also, rate and review us on iTunes. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at That Bleeping Podcast or on Twitter at That Bleeping Pod. All of our episodes are lovingly produced and edited by our own Tiffany Salter. And Jacinta puts things up on SoundCloud and handles all of that and gets us on those RSS feeds that gets us on your podcatcher of choice. On the catch. The Catch? That was a TV show. I know, I watched it. I did not. You're the reason it, it got canceled. Aww. Yeah, that's fine. Woof. Shonda's got 900 other shows. Oh, that's true. Um, also, I forgot to say on the podcast, but when, so when Wannabe was really popular, when Wannabe was really popular, my family's outgoing answering machine message was my brother remaking the rap from <laughs> Wannabe to be about our family. <laughs> oh my god! Can we find that audio and can we just have that around forever? And so people would leave messages and be like, well, that's really interesting. (laughs) And my grandparents who thought that answering machines meant they were talking to us would always say, thank you for that, Mickey. Tell your father. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, what's up?